Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. For obvious reasons, we keep this place as gloomy as possible. Welcome to Mind Poppers Podcast. <laughs> we are as a people, inherently and historically, opposed to secret societies. Once you get used to these grim surroundings, you'll never leave. Nobody ever does. We continue now with tonight's case, Conspiracy. Now, now, listen. Welcome back to the Mind Poppers Podcast. This week we are doing a, <laughs> a continuation of our Stop the Press series. Stop the Press is it's a special episode that we do once a month in the Mind Poppers basement. Um, in the search for Mind Poppers, in the search for human interest, see what's really going on with our fellow man and woman. Um, if you don't know, <laughs> you've never listened to Stop the Press before. Stop the Press is basically where we, we take... Um, magazines these real life magazines magazines like love it take a break um <laughs> what's the other one <gasps> that's life <laughs> and what we do is we do a headline break and these magazines right they are essentially like the the dead sea scrolls of the world's worst people it is if you took what is wrong with humanity and wrote it down in these sacred pages of these real life magazines that is, <laughs> that is Stop the Press. Um, now this week, actually, because I'm just returning from a trip to Edinburgh, um, which you find out more in the Patreon episode, which is coming out Saturday. It's actually our first video episode that's coming out Saturday. Um, well, there's actually a couple of new real-life magazines in rotation this time around, ones that I was exclusively only able to pick up abroad. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we're going to get into that. The uh, Stop the Press episodes, there's actually, there's... More on on the Patreon, uh, if you want to go subscribe, um, because people listening for free now on Spotify will hear one episode now, and they get the rest, the second half, next week, whereas patrons get early access to both episodes, ad-free, and an additional extra episode a week. Um, so, <laughs> how you doing? <laughs> um, what was I saying about these magazines? Oh, yeah. So we're going to do um, we're going to do a headline breakdown, which is where we look at the front cover of these magazines, um, see what they have to offer, and then, like always, we jump into the stories that catch our attention the most. Sometimes you're doing these headline breakdowns, you're looking at these covers, and the headlines jumping out to you may go nowhere, and the ones that you think may mean nothing can turn out to be the best stories. It's a whole dramatic uh, tale or two, <laughs> usually disgusting and disheartening. Um, <laughs> I just love, I love, I love, I love when it comes time to do Stop the Press. I really do. All right, let's get started with headline, a breakdown. <laughs> Yo, I'm so excited. Okay, this is actually, right, a magazine that we have not featured in Stop the Press before. This um, is actually from abroad. This one is called Pick Me Up. 
okay? I think it's like, you know, like, pick me up. As in, like, people want to pick me up. They want to, you know, feel better. You know, something you can read to feel better. Then, of course, you look at the cover and you realize that soon you will not be feeling any better at all. <laughs> so pick me up, okay? I'm looking at the cover. Um, let me see what we have here. I haven't looked at any of these before. Um, his wife hadn't left him. She was dead in the freezer. <laughs> oh, what a pick-me-up. You know, you see, you get what I'm saying. You get what I'm saying. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I rejected my fella in hilarious proposal fail. Okay, I'll be the judge of how funny that is. Um, cut them off. I beg docs to chop off my fat feet. <laughs> Me? <laughs> Made to watch the horror crash that killed our boy. Again, not not ever, not all of these headlines come with a punchline. Some very dark. <laughs> um, chicken dinner burnt my boobs off. Like <laughs> cheating hubby killed his secret fiance days before wedding. <gasps> oh, I think we're going to be jumping into that one. Okay, that story does sound like something that I want to hear more about. Now, of course, not every story that is going to be inside this magazine is on the cover. Oftentimes, some of the best stories never even make the cover. So we don't really even know what story we're going to dive into. We just use the cover as, you know, an indication of what we can expect. From Pick Me Up, I'm, I'm you know what, the whole chicken dinner burnt my boobs off? Interesting, because last, on the, I'm sure in the last session of Stop the Press, somebody got, someone was about to get raped. A cup of soup saved them from getting raped. So, you know, the pendulum always swings. Um, and uh, <laughs> I want to know about the cheating hubby uh, killing the fiancé days before wedding. Absolutely. Don't know if I want to see the parents have to watch the car crash that killed their boy. Well, that pick me up. Uh-uh. <laughs> um, that is from Pick Me Up. So we have also, oh my God, another magazine that has not yet to be featured in Stop the Press. Okay is chat okay brand new has never featured on stop the press before um the original real life mag is what it claims to be on the cover so i'm wondering is this the og is this where all of our love it's and and take a breaks and that's life have stemmed from um let's see so chat <clears throat> what about on the cover um i've outed 70 love rats and you'll never guess how Ooh. <laughs> Okay, now, I do want to go into this story, okay? I do want to, already, because I can see a picture of this lady, okay? Um, she, looks like I'm, she looks like she'd swing you, honestly. <laughs> I'm guessing, right, without having looked at the story, I'm guessing she's living at some sort of sick, perverted fantasy herself, where she's going and catfishing and having some sort of, like, emotional, like, relationship with these men, and then getting onto their spouses or partners or whatever and then quote-unquote outing them when she realizes the relationship can't go any further that's just me guessing okay we will see we maybe i'm just be you know maybe i'm just being a bastard but we will see okay because this one now looks like she'd fucking swing ya she looks like she'd fucking swing your jaw she'd eat ya this one uh, <laughs> okay um so we have i enjoy giving birth so i had a stranger's baby Okay, okay. Cat fight. My Mardi Mog left me needing surgery. <laughs> like, <laughs> in life. 
um, <clears throat> toxic marriage, why I poisoned my husband. Lana's confession to the police was truly shocking. Okay, absolutely, we'll be checking that one out. That was Chat Magazine, first time to ever feature on Stop the Press. Am I blown away with the chat with the chat cover? No, I'm not. I'm not blown away by the chat front page at all. Um, it claims to be the OG. Now, again, like I said, you cannot always judge these magazines in the headline breakdown because some of the some of the stories don't make it on the front page. Some of the stories, you know, you you open up these sacred pages and you really do not know what is about to hit you. So we'll find out later on in the episode. Now, to an old reliable, okay, that we have featured since day one of Stop the Press, from the very first iteration of Stop the Press, is That's Life. <laughs> um, so let me see what April's issue of That's Life has in store for us. Um, we have Boozy Brunch left me with 39 broken bones. Things turned physical. <laughs> So stupid. So stupid. I've never broken a bone when on the piss. Yet. Um, and I don't intend to. Um, what else do we have? We've, Big fat pig is trying to split me and my hubby. <laughs> me. Um, do we have blind date from hell? Duped out of my life savings by a Shrek lookalike. <laughs> Ooh, people are vicious in the April issue of That's Life. Um, let's see, we have my cheating fella plotted to murder me, but he ended up six feet under. Okay, okay, okay. What is it? With, there's a lot of murder uh, in, in this in this uh, issue. Stop the press. A lot of murder. People always want to murder their spouses. Oftentimes it does not go wrong, or oftentimes it goes wrong. You know, it does not go the way they expected. Um, a lot of people would rather murder their spouse than break up with them. But, look, <clears throat> I don't want to judge any of these people. They may have, you know, a very reasonable explanation for it all. You know, they may have been very entitled to do it. We'll find out. Um, what else do we have? Evil X sent our sex tape to my boss. Break me? It made me. <laughs> <laughs> Now, I don't know whether to go on and do this next <clears throat> magazine breakdown because it's it's Take a Break. And we have featured Take a Break um, on Stop the Press before. But this is a Take the Break like no, a Take a Break like no other. This is a Take a Break, but it's like, I guess it's a spin-off of Take a Break. It's Take a Break, Fear or Fate and Fortune. <laughs> Your spooky real-life mag. Never done a, a headline breakdown of one of these before. Um, but let me see what we have, just in case. We'll see. We'll see what stories they have. <clears throat> um, we have, One night in heaven, an angel brought me back from the dead. What I saw on the other side was amazing. Okay, I think we definitely will be looking into these stories because <laughs> I can definitely take the piss out of these people. Cursed mirror cost me my job. Oh, definitely. We're definitely going into these stories. Oh, 100%. Um, wonder womb, Anne. Unborn babies speak to me. <laughs> okay. Uh, <clears throat> Mom of 17, thanks to a magic tree. Okay. <laughs> a penis tree, by the sounds of it. Um, <clears throat> meet the real Adams family. We travel by hearse. Okay, 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 okay. I'm into it. I'm into it. We will. Uh, on second thoughts, 
we will be taking a deep dive to take a break. Fate and fortune. <laughs> okay. Uh, first story, I couldn't help myself. I had to open up. <laughs> take a break, fear and fortune. Or fate and fortune. <laughs> One story did catch my eye, however. <clears throat> it was... Um, this guy, his name's John Webster. He's 54. Um, I think he's from Scotland. Um, he looks like... He's this just like your average white dude. He looks like a bit of a spoofer, a bit of a spacer. Um title ghost doctors saved my life my heavenly protectors were there when i needed them most by john webster 54 <laughs> daddy a little girl scares me my daughter rihanna told me too told me okay so get get a picture like this is who we're dealing with okay their child's name is rihanna um it's spelled like you know, rude boy Rihanna with a H at the end. It's kind of like a Stevie Nicks kind of a Rihanna, like a Rihanna in. Um, four months, she'd woken me in the night saying a little blonde girl wearing a blue dress was in her room. But the only other child in the house was my son, Harrison, four. Maybe Harrison's a crossdresser. <laughs> I contacted a medium who told me the child was a spirit. These is a test. She told me, you can walk away or you can open the door to spirit and your life will change forever. So I talked to the little girl, persuading her to cross to the spirit world. <laughs> Pervert. <laughs> you see, this is someone who was just, I, you see, I look, I'm very spiritual. And you know, I'm a believer in the paranormal. But this seems, you know the way these people, there's some people who just seem a little too eager. Too eager, you know? As in like, this guy was like. <laughs> like, was his daughter even here seeing this girl? Or was this, I feel like this is the kind of guy who plants things into other people's heads. Um, and like, this is a test, like, this is a test, she told me. Did she? You know, <laughs> this seems like someone who's seeming for like, are looking for a greater mystery in their life, which I always do. Um, and just like that, he was able to help this young spirit girl transition uh, to the other world. After that, I trained as a spiritual worker specializing in psychic surgery and removing negative attachments. <laughs> then, in June 2022, I started having stomach pains. Tests revealed that lumps in my bowel had caused such severe blockages my bladder and bowel had fused. If you don't have surgery immediately, you will die, a consultant told me. I rushed to theatre, a theatre, <laughs> where my spleen and part of my bowel and bladder were removed. When I came round in intensive care, I was in agony, hooked up to machines. The following day, I felt my spirit guide, Native American shaman, <laughs> Whitehawk, <laughs> I didn't know, no, whatever, whatever. I'm just saying this is the whitest dude from England in the world or from Scotland, wherever. 
I just think it's interesting that he has a Native American shaman who's his, that's his spirit guide. Um, as in, when I say spare guy, this is someone who does not, like, this isn't, like, you know, his friend who is, like, a life coach. This is, like, you know, a, a being that exists, you know, in the metaphysical, okay? This is his, his spirit guide, who is Native American shaman uh, by the name of Whitehawk. Uh, who am I to judge? Who am I to judge? You know, I'm just saying, just reporting the news. So the following day, I found my spirit guide, Native American shaman, Whitehawk, draw near. <laughs> I found myself lying on a table in another operating theatre, this time an old-fashioned one. The doors opened and three ghostly surgeons in green scrubs walked in, followed by another 30 spirits. Some of them were medical witch doctors uh, with painted faces, Victorian doctors in black top hats. Some were ordinary-looking people. The surgeons put their hands towards my stomach. The next thing I knew, I was back in my bed in a modern-day hospital. The same thing happened the next day and the one after that. On the fourth day after the operation, Whitehawk, <laughs> if you remember, Whitehawk is his Native American spirit guide. Whitehawk appeared. Um... <laughs> I'm taking you to the great spirit. I'm taking you to the great spirit, he told me. Did he mean I was going to die? Together, we rose through the clouds into the bright blue sky. <laughs> Gay! <laughs> I felt waves of warm, peaceful energy pulsing through me. <laughs> Extra super gay! <laughs> um... Then Whitehawk whispered, I'm taking you back again. <laughs> again, I found myself back in a hospital bed. After that, I made such a speedy recovery. Medics were amazed. Were they again? This is the word of this man. You know, we don't know if the medic, we don't know what state of emotion the medics were in. That's the thing, you know, so you've got to take this with a pinch of salt. Um, medics were amazed. Ten days later, I was at here, I, I was at home near Bath in Somerset. I'm assuming that's England, Bath, Somerset. It turned out my medium and healer friends, you see, he's, he, he's healer friends, he's healer friends. You know, this is not someone who stumbled into the paranormal by chance. This is someone who was healer friends, okay? So, we get it. We get where this man is. Um... It turned out my medium and healer friends had sent their spirit guides to help me when I was ill. I am convinced the team of spirits they sent helped save my life. Months later, my wife Louise told me I nearly died during the operation when I hemorrhaged. <laughs> you see, now this is how I know, this is how I know that this man is a spoof. He is a bleeding spoof he hasn't told a truth in his life okay because um he was like months later months later his wife told him they nearly died at the hospital table give me a blatant break no she didn't no she did not okay that's not something you wait months to, to tell somebody it's not um it's you know probably something that the doctors will tell you while you're recovering 
So again, it just calls into question. I'm not sure, you guys, of this man's legitimacy um, or Whitehawk. Um, months later, my wife, Louise, told me I nearly died during the operation when I hemorrhaged. I have no doubt Whitehawk stepped in to protect me as well. Uh, <laughs> that's just the kind of guy Whitehawk is. The medium was right all those years ago when she told me embracing my spirituality would change my life. And I'm pretty sure it saved it too. <laughs> well, what you know what? It's not often. It's not fucking often um, in Stop the Press going through a story that we finish on such a positive ending. Uh, it's nice to start off the, uh, the episode on a positive story. Um, shout out to Whitehawk, okay. <laughs> Let's see what else. I'm sure, I'm positive that <laughs> the rest of these stories will not be as positive. Moving on to our next story, we have, um, we have a tale from That Life. It's called A Monster Manipulator. Joanne's date might have looked like the friendly ogre Shrek. But he was far from kind-hearted. <laughs> um, right, well, I assume that I'm going to have to do a Shrek accent for this. Which, to me, is it's Scottish, which is good, because I'm just back from Edinburgh. I may be a bit more animated. Um, let me just see what happens when we get there, I suppose. <clears throat> Getting out of my black BMW... A podgy figure lumbered over. <laughs> oh my God, I thought, my face dripping. It can't be. Okay, now this next bit is his dialogue. <clears throat> he says, not what you were expecting. <clears throat> Edinburgh, Edinburgh, I'm just getting out of my swamp. Don't get Edinburgh, Edinburgh. <clears throat> Not what you were expecting, he said, wadding nearer. Your face says it all. Oh, <laughs> it's not to that one. <laughs> no, nothing like that, I replied awkwardly. <laughs> no, nothing like that, I replied awkwardly. But the truth was, Jay Smith was nothing like the pictures on his Plenty of Fish profile. Though they'd been blurry, he'd looked handsome and athletic. And while I hadn't been expecting Superman, I certainly hadn't been expecting a date with Shrek. But with his potato head, double chin and beer belly, <laughs> Ruthless. Jay bore more than a passing resemblance to the ogre. Slap on some green face paint, and he'd be a dead ringer, I thought. Still, though he wasn't my cup of tea physically, I wasn't about to leave him in the lurch. So we were grabbing, so we were gabbing away over a drink. <clears throat> who's, who's the horse in your dating profile picture? He asked. Troy, I replied. My pride and joy. Though I wasn't attracted to Jay, there was something about him. He was charismatic, interested in what I had to say, and very clever. I have a... <laughs> Jesus. Edinburgh, 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 Scotland, Edinburgh. 
I'll have a PhD from Harvard, he told me. Impressive, I smiled. I've just started my own business, he went on. It's pretty complicated, but it's to do with renewable energy. The hours sped by, and it was soon time to head home. And while there was no romantic connection, Jay had won me over as a friend. We had had so much in common, and began messaging most days. A week later, I saw him again. This time, to my surprise, Jay, Jay, Jay Ho, Jay pulled up in an old banger. He'd spoken about owning boats, so I'd assume he was well off. Sam's a hard then, I joked, eyeing up the 15-year-old Peugeot. I'll had to s- no, wrong accent, <clears throat> Edinburgh, Edinburgh. I had to sell me BMW to inject cash into my company, he admitted. Is everything okay? I asked. I need to raise £50,000, he sighed. I've told investors there's There's a big return on any money they put in. He looked stressed and I felt for him. I could help, I offered. I couldn't ask you to do that, he said. Though it would be a good investment. Listen, the money from our divorce isn't doing anything in my bank, I replied. So as long as I get it back. With lots of interest, he promised. Next day I transferred 20,000 into Jay's account. Dum, 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 dum. You know what? It's, how many times have we done this? How many times, how many people do we have to see just acting the acting like bulls of the clown, boo-boo the fool, giving £20,000 to a stranger, okay, to a fucking stranger who, who showed up and wasn't even the person that it was in their fucking plenty of fish profile, and you are giving them £20,000, okay? You cannot fix stupid. As Judge Judy said, you cannot fucking fix stupid. Stupid. And I'm telling you, the elderly. We should all be scamming the elderly. So fucking easy. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Um, <clears throat> Next day, I transferred £20,000 into Jay's account. Again, they don't know each other. They don't, they've only just met. Um, 
And, oh, actually, no, read back. A week later, a week later, this is when they met up the second time, a week later, and she gave the fucking, she gave Shrek £20,000. Next day, I transferred £20,000 into Jay's account and asked him for a contract. <clears throat> I'll get it over to you ASAP, he texted. Though I'd only known Jay a matter of weeks. Okay, never mind, I spoke too soon. I trusted him implicitly, and it felt it felt good to help a pal. Only, the following week, he called, sounding frantic. <clears throat> I need more money or I'm gonna have to make redundancies, he said. The stress is affecting me health. Take a deep breath, I replied. We'll sort this. Emptying my savings, I transferred a further £15,000 into Jay's account. Keep in mind, keep in mind that she's not even, Joanne, okay, Joanne is not even getting dicked down by Shrek. She's doing this out of the goodness of her heart, okay? Bigger fool her. You're a godsend, you're a godsend, he said. Just Just remember to ping over the paperwork, I replied. But weeks went by and Jay continued to be evasive about the contract. I grew concerned. And when I saw him, I broached the subject head on. Don't keep on, he snapped. You'll get it when you get it. Okay, I replied, taken aback. Can you at least tell me the name of your company? It's very complex, he sneered. You wouldn't understand. I'd never seen Jay like that. Back home and not formed in my stomach. I hadn't told anyone about lending Jay the money and confided in my brother Alistair. Okay, presuming Alistair is also Scottish. It it doesn't sound good. (laughs) I don't know if I can muster up another Scottish man, okay? Maybe he was Northern Irish. I can do Northern Irish. <clears throat> um, <sighs> Back home, a knot formed in my stomach. I hadn't told anyone about lending Jay the money and confided in my brother Alistair. It doesn't sound good, he said. You need that contract. But months passed and Jay came up with an excuse, an excuse, and another excuse. Once six months was up, he said he needed more time to pay me back. That was all my savings, I cried. I need that money now. Only it never materialised. Struggling to make ends meet, I had to take drastic action. I was forced to sell my beloved horse, Troy. (laughs) Oh, that is a bad one, a bad, bad, bad one. Oh, she gave him everything and has to sell the horse. When will people learn? It was heartbreaking. A year after loaning Jay money, there was a knock on my door. Mind if I come in? A police officer asked. Course not, I replied. What's this about? It's early stages, he said. (laughs) It's early stages, he said. But we're investigating someone on suspicion of serious fraud. We noticed you transferred him a large sum of money. My blood ran cold. Can you, can you tell me more about him, asked? 
Not unless you give me a statement, he replied. Well, I did lend someone a considerable amount, I said. But I'm getting it back. Once he'd left, I'd punched Jay's number into my phone. No reply. Eventually, after dialing until my fingers were sore, he picked up. What the heck have you done? I asked. I've been a little bit... No, Edinburgh, Edinburgh, donkey, donkey, get out of my swamp, 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 swamp. I've been a little bit naughty, he replied. But you'll get your money. Hanging up, I suddenly came to my senses. I'd given all my savings to a man I knew nothing about. Feeling sick, I told police I was ready to give my statement. Then an officer told me something that tore my world apart. Jay Smith isn't his real name, he said. His real name is Peter Berry. When he met you, he'd just been released from prison after calling eight women out of 80,000 pounds. The women he'd scammed had included a GP, a lawyer, and a teacher. (laughs) He'd even duped his own mother. He said. Police were now investigating him after two victims had come forward since his release. I couldn't believe it. Jay had just been a character and his business non-existent. What did I do now? What do I do now? I asked. I asked, numbly. You'll need copies of all your correspondence, he replied. And don't contact him. There's a warrant out for his arrest. I felt so ashamed. Jay had lured me in, rinsed me dry, and then spat me out. I'd be nothing but an easy target. I waited for news of his arrest, but to my horror, Peter Berry went on the run. It took police a year to track him down. When they did, they discovered he'd recently married in in Gretna Green. They'd recently discovered he'd recently married in Gretna Green. That slimeball had managed to meet a woman and marry her while on the run. In time, Peter Berry, 51, appeared at Inner London Crown Court, pleading not guilty to seven counts of fraud, three relating to me. It meant that I had to give evidence. Standing in front of that ogre, I felt nauseous, but I refused to be intimidated. He's ruined my life. I told the court. Following a four-day trial, I got a call from my police liaison officer. Guilty. Oh, it's a she. Guilty on all accounts, she said. He's been sentenced to eight years. Good, I cheered. Good, I cheered. Fuck me. Good, I cheered. It's his where he belongs. But I wasn't celebrating for long, because Jay had spent all of the £68,000 he'd stolen from me. (gasps) He didn't steal from you, boo-boo. You gave it to him. You gave the stranger the money. Because he spent all of the £68,000 he'd stolen from me and his two other victims, I wouldn't get a penny back. Struggling with mortgage repayments, I was forced to sell my house and downsize. It was another crippling blow. Shortly after, I was scanning a newspaper article about his conviction and read that a previous victim had dubbed Peter Berry Shrek. Despite everything, I couldn't help smiling. It was exactly what I'd thought. 
thought when we'd first when he'd first waddled into my life. But in like the friendly green giant, all Jer all Jay cared about was money and manipulating people. Looking back, it was clear to see how he played me. I was recently divorced and keen to make new friends. Jay drew me in by showing an interest in my passion, horses, which subtly finding out which subtly finding out about my financial situation. Then he'd taken me for everything I had. Now I'm trying to stay positive, but that man has taken away my faith in people. I've since learned that Peter Berry had been conning women for the last two decades. Sadly, Manny felt too humiliated to speak up. Police believe he could have fleeced over 100 women, swindling over £2 million. I hope that monster is haunted by every single one as he lies alone in his prison bed. <laughs> now, it doesn't seem to be any mention of um, Joanne getting her money back. Because a lot of the times when we do these stories... Um, you hear about um, you hear about the banks refunding people who have who lose their money to fraud. Now that's usually we usually hear that in cases of like scams, like kind of like international scams, like sending money abroad, that kind of a thing. Um, no mention here at the end of the article, so it's looking like Joanne didn't get her money back. And again, let this be a lesson to all of you, okay, all of you. <laughs> They never learn. And I probably am being a little judgmental. Because um, it's like we go through so many of these incidents, don't we, of these scams when we're doing Stop the Press. Now, in saying that, yeah, look, I'm probably not going to fall for some sort of online scam or whatever. But if I met up with someone who was beautiful, right, and they were telling me all the good things, okay, telling me everything that I wanted to hear, and they were hitting it good, you know, like real good, like fuck till the room stink kind of good. And they were like, after like two weeks, and they were like, you know, oh, I got, I need two grand to fix, blah, blah, blah. Oh my God, I'm going to be, I'm going to be like getting my Sammy stamps out of the credit union, you know, as in, <laughs> I am Boo Boo the Fool, you know, I'm Bozo the Circus Clown. I 100% would do anything for pretty people. You know, 100%. So, yes, I laugh now. But one day soon, I too could be the fool. Moving on. Our final story comes from That's Life as well. Um, the title is From Brunch to Crunch. Sophie was celebrating her pal's birthday when she found herself with 39 broken bones and fractures. How the heck... Had she gone from mimosas to needing urgent medical attention? <laughs> See, a lot of these stories actually are quite relatable. <laughs> um, I have a feeling that this lot in this story is Southern. Um, and I am, I, I can do a, yeah, is a Southern accent within my wheelhouse. It is um, kind of like, because you know when you're, you want to do a Southern accent, in preparation, the, like the Southerners, and this is America, instead of saying, um, can I have a biscuit? They have this like kind of like cascading emphasis on the A that kind of falls into like a, a UH, like it loops up into a UH. So when we would say, can I have a biscuit? 
<laughs> they would say, can I have a... <laughs> Can I have a biscuit? Can I can I pet that dog? Can I pet that dog? Um, can I have? We'd say have. They say have. You'll see it come to life, anyway, right before your eyes. <laughs> Placing a cup of tea and some biscuits down, I turned to Dad. There's a sand. There's a sandy in the fridge for your lunch. I told him. And plenty of snacks on the workshop. I'll be fine, Dad replied with a smile. Go have fun now. He'd had open heart surgery three days before, and I was staying at our family home to care for him. However, it was my best friend Emily's 24th birthday, and Dad was adamant I'd go out and enjoy the celebrations with her. I'll get the last train home and ring me if you need anything. I said. Then I set off to meet my friends in the city centre for brunch to celebrate. The drinks were flowing and it was lovely to relax. I was having such a good time. I decided that rather than get the last train home at midnight, I'd get the first train at 5am. <laughs> Sounds like these, these southern girls are maybe partaking in a little bit of the booger sugar, okay? It's it started off as a bottomless brunch, uh, which extended to midnight. Then she's deciding to stay till 5 a.m. So I imagine these southern bells were after maybe procuring a little bag of the booger sugar. Um, and her part, as is their right, you know, well, poor old dad just out of the hospital bed at home again. I'm sure it all ends well for everybody. Um, the drinks were flowing and it was lovely to relax. I was having such a good time, I decided that rather than get the last train home at midnight, I'd get the first train at 5am. My friend Candace, 33, had an apartment near the station, and she said I could stay with her. We got back to her flat at around 1.30am. Candace had another friend round, who was due to get the bus back a few minutes later. I'll just walk up to the bus stop around the corner, I won't be long, Candace said. A few minutes later, she'd left. I started to feel a little queasy, so I decided to get some air. Candace's apartment was an old converted office building, four stories up. Keep that in mind, people. Four stories up. So I opened the window. <laughs> the ledge was big enough to sit out on. Four stories up, keep in mind. And I remembered sitting there before, so I felt safe to hop out. I'd always had a phobia of being sick, so the nauseous feeling rising up my throat was making me quite anxious. I pushed up on the palm of my hands uh, to get outside. And suddenly, I slipped. I tumbled out of the window, but somehow managed to grab hold of the ledge. My legs dangled underneath me as I tried desperately to cling on. In a state of pure shock, I didn't fully register the severity of the situation. I'll just pull myself up, I thought to myself. But in an attempt to heave my body up and over the slightly damp window ledge, I lost my grip.
<laughs> oh, I am an awful, awful, awful bastard. <laughs> oh, God. <clears throat> Suddenly, I was plummeting 40 feet down to the pavement below. Everything happened so quickly that I could barely register it. I landed on the left side of my body with an almighty thud. <laughs> Moments later, the pain set in. I screamed and wailed, but it was about 2am and Candace lived down a quiet side street. So there was no one around to help me. My cries echoed down the silent road. Help me. Help me. Help me. Help me. Bouncing off the buildings, three cars passed, but I couldn't get up on the ground to be seen. And they somehow didn't hear my screams. They heard you. <laughs> they heard you. <laughs> I had no idea what to do. After what felt like a lifetime, a cab pulled up next to me and a young girl jumped out. She ran towards me. What happened? Are you okay? She asked frantically. The shock and pain made me delusional and I found it difficult to answer her. All I could do was point to the window and cry out in pain. Did you jump? Or did you fall? The girl asked me as she dialed 911. I don't know, I said, struggling to think. Everything was a bit of a blur. Eventually, a police officer came along. I think I, I think he assumed that I was just drunk, and he stood over me with his hands on his hips. Come on, love. Get up now, he said impatiently. I can't. I think I've broken my back, I cried. Paramedics arrived shortly after and administered some strong pain relief. As they lifted me into the ambulance. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just still have the image of her falling out the window. <laughs> Shocking, terrible. Oh, touch wood now, touch wood, touch wood. That never happens to me. As they lifted me into the ambulance, Candace returned home to all of the chaos inside her flat. I want Candace to come with me, I mumbled. Unfortunately, Candace wasn't allowed to come to the hospital as the police were treating her flat as a crime scene, as no one knew what had happened. She was unable to leave until the police had questioned her. I rushed to the hospital, where a team of doctors stood over me, talking amongst themselves as they assessed my injuries. I had to make sense of the medical jargon, but I was on a strong medication and still in intense pain. Eventually, one of the doctors explained the extent of my injuries. I'm so sorry, Sophie, she said, damn it. I'm so sorry, Sophie, she said, looking concerned. I'm afraid you've broken your back, your pelvis, your elbow, your wrist, and both your feet. She went on to say that although I wasn't fully paralyzed, they needed they would need to run further tests to see if I could walk again. My poor parents, was my first thought. They'd been through so much already with my dad. Oh, I forgot that the dad just banged up after that heart operation. <laughs> Some people will do anything to steal the spotlight. <clears throat> um, They've been through so much already with my dad. How was I going to tell them about this? I had my first operation within 48 hours of being in hospital. My mum, Rachel, was called and she was by my side when I woke up. Oh, darling, she said, bursting into tears. Oh, darling, she said, bursting into tears, cuddling as gently as she could. The doctors told us I would need further surgery, 
As frightening as it was to know they need to operate on my back, I was desperate for it to be done. Every time I had to move to be taken for an x-ray or be washed, I would cry in agony. Please don't touch me, I begged the nurses. Please just let me lash still. I had the second operation on my spine and it took seven hours to complete, much longer than anticipated because the damage was worse than they'd feared. But after the operation, I felt like a different person. I was still in pain, but it was nothing compared to the agony I was in before. <laughs> I could barely notice a difference. Whenever I felt low or scared, I'd remind myself how lucky I was to be alive. By rights, that fall should have killed me. If I hadn't grabbed hold of the window ledge before falling, then I would have gone overhead first. It would have happened, then I simply wouldn't be here today. Knowing how lucky I was to survive got me through, and I refused to feel sorry for myself. I spent four weeks in hospital and went on to have surgery on my left foot, elbow and wrist. I had a total of 39 fractures. My, un my ankle alone was shattered in 30 places. Despite going through so much physically i did everything i could to stay positive mentally okay, it's getting a little bit whingy what was me now isn't it so she better run it on i made friends with the nurses and other patients in the ward and even organized a quiz night for everyone the girl in the bed next to me quickly became my best friend oh my god like a little girl interrupted situation and she really helped me through such a difficult time with <laughs> the girl who pushed her when i was finally discharged from the hospital it was I was luck or it was difficult at first to adjust to life but back at home. But slowly with physiotherapy and a lot of work, I was able to start walking again. Now I can manage about three hours on my feet before I need to use my wheelchair and have a rest. Doctors predict my recovery could take about you two years, but I really hope that one day I'll be back in action, strutting in my heels. <gasps> wow, wow, wow. Oh, so whingy there at the end. Um happy that she survived, of course, obviously. And you know what? It's very easy, right, to look at her now and be like, well, sure, look, again, we have another, you know, Bozo the Circus Clown, Boo Boo the Fool, another one, um, who was pissed drunk, thought she was going to vom, so she decided to climb out out of a four-story apartment window on a ledge, literally a ledge, it's not a balcony, to get a bit of fresh air and then falls off, okay, yes, good comedy for us, not so good for her. And yes, while we might think that this was a big dumb, dumb move. You know what? I was in a very, very similar situation before, okay? And mine was almost as stupid. Right, I'm going to finish up by telling you this story about how I was in a very similar situation to this girl. Uh, <laughs> uh, before I do that, if you do want to hear more of the Mind Poppers podcast, if you've enjoyed this episode, we have more uh, Patreon-exclusive Stop the Press episodes and our regular Patreon episodes, new episode out, once a week, our first video episode coming this Saturday. Um, so sign up to that. I'll leave a link in the bio. If you don't want to subscribe, it really helps the podcast. If you give us um, a review, preferably a five-star review, uh, okay, on um, whatever platform you're listening on, share the podcast, that kind of a thing, okay? Um, obviously, my beloved Mind Popper patrons are listening to this episode early they have early access they have ad free access um and then they have the new episode coming soon now the thing is <laughs> how i was very similar to this apartment girl and why i am not so quick to you know uh 
give her the scarlet letter of being a bozo the clown or a boo boo the fool. <clears throat> this was years and years ago. And it was Halloween. So we'd gone down to the local club, which has since closed down. Um, and we're going back to an after party. So I was living with my cousin at the time. And my cousin, Debbie, she's like, ten, I think she's almost exactly 10 years older than me. So we, I was living with her on her street. And some of her neighbours at the bottom of the street were having just like a little after party, a little Halloween after party. It wasn't even that late at all. So we were all dressed up. I was dressed as Harry Potter. I dressed as Harry Potter almost every Halloween. Uh, <laughs> it's just so easy. So I was dressed as Harry Potter. And we went, we were out the back garden at this people's house. They had like a little um, gazebo, a little marquee, whatever, at the back. You know, fairy lights. They had like a, a glass kind of um, like outdoor table. And there was like f- bits of food on it and drink and what have you. And they had kind of like one of those like canopy kind of like swinging chairs. And there was music playing and all that. So it was lovely. So I was definitely merry, drunk. It was Halloween. So I was actually probably closer to blackout drunk. But not, not not there yet, but certainly on the road. So I excuse myself from the back garden and I go upstairs because I want to use the little podcaster's room. I need to use the lavatory. I need to go for a pish and a shit. So I go up the stairs and go into the bathroom, grand, do my nasty little business, wash my hands. And I go to open the door. And I realize that the door won't open. And the key's not turning. So it's, it's, it's like, for all the world, it seems like it's jammed. And whatever I do, I cannot open open the door. And there is nothing worse than being trapped inside a bathroom in a strange location. Because it's humiliating. And you know the only way out is humiliation. And I've been trapped in more than one bathroom. This is not my first time being trapped in a bathroom. You know? Humiliating. In a stranger's bathroom at that. So I was trying to ring my cousin Debbie because she was, down, uh, you know, just out the back garden. Um, and I was like going to ring her and be like, Debbie, I can't get out of here. I was like, you got to come up and help me take it out. She wasn't answering her phone. You know, obviously she was partying, whatever. She's probably not seeing my calls. So I rang her like eight times, no answer. And I was like, what am I going to do? I was like, I really don't want to start like, like they're all at the back. I don't want to be like banging on like the bathroom door. Be like, help, I'm locked inside or whatever. So, again, in my, and this will tell you, because this is now how I, you know, understand this girl and her thought process. There was a window in the bathroom. Keep in mind, I was up to, I was on the second floor. There was a bathroom, a window in the bathroom that overlooked the back garden. And the, the ground of the back garden, it was, you know, like the loose pebbles, you know, that loose pebble. So, I mean, soft enough. It wasn't like pure concrete. It was just loose pebbles, like a pit of loose pebbles. So <clears throat> I was opening the window and I was gearing up to, to jump out the window. And in my head, I was like, should I land on the, <laughs> I land on this loose pebbles and it'll be fine. And then I just tell everyone, oh, you know, oh, like, oh, sorry, I was locked in the bathroom. <laughs> and like, of course, looking back now, like the next day, you know, obviously like looking back in like retrospect and being like, oh my God. I would have broken both of my legs. <laughs> and people would have just seen me in like, 
my Harry Potter cloak, like, fl- and the glasses and all, like, floating through the air. They would have just looked up and heard me going, like, I mean, like, what? <laughs> I mean, like, what they would have heard was. I would have came down I would have came down from that window and in my head I was like oh I'll be able to clear the table <laughs> so, I, <laughs> so I would have had to have jumped this big glass outdoor dining table I would have had, in my head I was like right clear the table <laughs> and land just safely land on the stones maybe do kind of like a tuck and a roll do you know take off some of the impact but realistically if I jumped, I would have fell and went straight through the glass table. <laughs> and I was seconds away from doing it until someone looked up and was like, Adam, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, I was like, I'm locked in the bathroom. <laughs> so not only was I humiliated, I was double humiliated because people looked up and be like, Oh my God, is he going to jump? Is he going to jump from there? You know? So then it's just like this, all this mortification of everyone now out the garden looking up being like, don't jump, you know? <laughs> like I was going to top myself. Um, <laughs> and I just, I still have nightmares to this day. Like if you, if you do think back yourselves, because there are times, I think we've all had them. If you look back yourselves at times when you realise that like, oh my God, I actually put myself in a very like dangerous position when I was you know on the bottle and I could have easily fell or fallen or slipped and died I've been in plenty of those situations you know ha- you can't kill a good thing you know that's the thing but I just still to this day have the image of me <laughs> jumping out the window and then hoping that I cleared the glass table <laughs> as well there's just there's so much chance there's like people dancing and stuff there was like 17 people out the back garden there was also just like a very high likelihood that I would have just fallen like jumped and like landed on top of somebody you know I could have killed somebody (laughs) and there was kids there was kids there as well like I could have smushed I could have killed a kid (laughs) oh but you know what I live to tell another tale and it was humiliating and I didn't jump very close to doing it though um, but they came up and they were able to let me out of the bathroom and I was able to go down and enjoy the rest of my night unscathed. Um, I, still, I actually still get the chills, honestly, talking about that. Um, I'm going to wrap it up here for the first uh, installment of this of Stop the Press 3. I think we're the, the third series of Stop the Press. Usually try to do about two episodes um, per installment for because they come out monthly. Um, so you will see me soon, I guess, for part two, part trois. Uh, <laughs> in the meantime, stay woke. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.